You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Knicks, the podcast that's in the 99th percentile of, if we could just cut the lead to 20 by the end of the quarter, I mean, we're right still in this thing. I'm your host, James Marcita, a.k.a. Slobbert Randolph and the Family Band, and this is episode 227. Bum, 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 bum. On today's show, a recap of the putrid loss to the Charlotte Hornets. It may not be what you want to talk about, but it's what I had planned, so we're going to stick with it. Let's just get this one over with, alright? Let's start the show. Yes! So the gimmick for today's breakdown is a little something I call five on three. It's the five on three post-game show, five-ish minutes on three different topics that really illustrate what makes this game this game. And this game, in case you missed it, was a horrifying 109-91 to loss to the Charlotte Hornets. The first subject that I want to discuss is KP being out. He missed his second straight game, and that really... Went a long way toward defining the tenor of this one. First, I just want to talk about, was this the right move? Was sitting KP the right move? The answer is, of course it was. Porzingis said on Monday that he still felt pain on post moves and hasn't yet had an MRI exam because it was deemed a non-serious injury. So, first of all, I just want to say, what the fuck? Give this guy an MRI. Like, why... What is the downside to giving him an MRI? I've gotten an MRI. It wasn't pleasant when I got it when uh, in sixth grade when I tore my right lateral meniscus playing Pop Warner football. I was a linebacker. I was pretty good. In like the two months I played before I tore my meniscus, I was pretty good. But an MRI sucked. But like, why, why would you not want to know? Why would you not throw him in an MRI and see if there's something wrong with his ligaments? Like, are you worried about the you know, radiation? You know, met, the magnets? Like, uh, yeah, brah, brah. But yeah. So, Porzingis, he's still feeling pain. Of course it was the right move to sit him. Uh, they were playing the 10 and 19 Hornets, which seemed at the time like a team that perhaps they could handle without KP. Uh, furthermore, 15 of the Knicks, next 20 games are on the road. So... You know, you want him to get rested, get ready for a stretch where, you know, they're playing in environments in which they are not comfortable, as we've seen so far this season. You want KP at 100%. The Knicks coming into this game were three games over 500. So even if you did lose, you're still 16 and 14, not the end of the world, right? And last but not least, Chris Stapps is, of course, the future of the franchise. Why are we going to risk it? We're not. It's good that Chris Stapps that. Even if he said he felt a little bit frustrated by sitting, he knows it's what he should do. We know it's what he should do. One of the things that Chris Dapp's sitting means is that Michael Beasley 
takes on a bigger role. He starts in Chris Stapps' place. He played excellently against Carmelo Anthony in the Petty Super Bowl. Could he carry it over to, uh, what is it, Monday night's game against the Hornets? And the answer is like sort of, kind of. In a game where everyone on the Knicks was complete doo-doo butter, especially on offense, uh, Beasley performed okay. He had 23 points, uh, a Knicks high 23 points, on 9 of 20 shooting. So not, you know, the most efficient, but not the worst. 2 for 4 from downtown. Uh, That's a nice mark. 3 for 4 from the free throw line. That's fine. He had 9 rebounds, which was excellent. Um, the bad offensively is that he did have four turnovers to one assist, which is very bad. But he was the only Nick who could generate anything tonight offensively. Beasley had 23 points. The next highest guy was Jared Jack, who had 12 points. Um, and he played okay defense in the first quarter, especially when the Knicks had not yet conceded defeat. That would come in the second quarter. More on that in a bit. He had two blocks in that first quarter. He had a couple of nice uh, one-on-one defensive plays. And interestingly enough, uh, Jeff Hornacek recognized that he was the only player on the team who had anything going at all. Because the first substitution came with three minutes left in the first. And they swapped out Doug, Kyle Quinn, and Frank for Lance, Ennis, Cantor, and Jarrett Jack. But Courtney Lee and... um, Michael Beasley stayed on, and then a minute later they brought in Baker for Lee, kept keeping in Beasley. So they were asking a lot of him. He wasn't the most efficient. He got caught up in the terrible play and had a couple of bad turnovers. He somehow had the worst plus-minus on the team at minus 16, which I normally wouldn't say somehow to Michael Beasley having the worst plus-minus on the team, but he really did seem like the only Nick who could score at all. But it was just that kind of game. It was just that kind of game. One last uh, Chris Dapps roundup. We missed Chris Dapps in this game. Come back soon, Crispy. Uh, he's been pretty vocal in the press recently. Just you know, I don't I don't really know what I mean by that. <laughs> he's been uh, he's very like forthcoming uh, with his words. Like when they ask him questions, like he'll I don't know. He's not the best interview ever, but I think he makes himself very available. And he did say something funny um, about Carmelo Anthony. That we've made a big deal about his return and how the fans would respond and whether it was okay to boo or whatever. And so Chris Stapps was evaluating the fans' response and he said, Carmelo was received with love. Later out on the court, fans did the right thing and booed him. So, <laughs> so Chris Stapps was approving of the booing Carmelo every time he touched the ball. I said the other day on the podcast that I didn't like it, but if Crispy says it's okay, it's okay. I got to admit I was wrong on this one. Then just move on. My bad. You guys are listening to Locked On Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and rate us five stars. Leave us a one-sentence review. Say that I have the most angelic voice you've ever heard. It would help us like really boost our standings, get more money, give you a better show. Once again, that's Locked On Knicks. So I said this is five on three, five-ish minutes on three-ish subjects to distill the essence of this game. Subject number two is the disastrous second quarter that the Knicks played. And they really just lost the game here. Uh, This was it. This is one of those nights where it got out of hand immediately and you could tell the Knicks just quit. Once they went down big, they looked completely disinterested in a comeback. 
The first quarter was not great. They went down 29-23. So they dug themselves a six-point hole. That's not good. You know, extrapolate that over four quarters. That's a 24-point loss. However, the second quarter was twice as doo-doo, but uh, they added 12 more points to the deficit. Losing that quarter, 31-19. to There were at least three botched layups. Maybe more. That just speaks to how poor their shooting was in general. Um, but in this quarter, they were 7 of 24 for uh, just a sterling 29.1 field goal percentage. Lance Thomas was a big part of that. He went 0 for 4, including 0 for 2 from 3. On the night, Lance Thomas was 2 for 9, 0 for 3 from 3. He did have 4 offensive rebounds, I guess, and only 0 turnovers, I guess? I've said this a couple times. I would love to see Doug giving a shot to start the game when Chris Stapps is out. What do you got to lose? Give it a shot. I mean, we've said it on this program a bunch. We love Lance Thomas here. Offensively, he's not great even on his best nights, and he's really struggling right now. Try Dougie out. He's playing defense. He's playing hard. He's moving the ball. Let's see what he can do. Also in the second quarter, the Knicks missed a bunch of threes. They went... One for eight from beyond the arc. The lone three came from, who else? Doug McDermott with nine seconds left in the half. I had just tweeted something nasty about how the Knicks were holding for one last blown layup. So I reverse jinxed them into a made three right after that. So you're welcome. I did my part. Um, Also in the second quarter, this just disgusting barf bag of a quarter, Frank Kaminsky scored 10 points and was plus 15 in seven minutes. He was 4 for 4 from the field and 2 for 2 from 3. The immortal Jeremy Lamb was plus 18 in just under 10 minutes of play. Someone named John O'Brien III, who was apparently a professional basketball player, managed to score 5 points. Um, at that point, I kind of I entered this alternate dimension and lost track of the game, during which time I started, I, I started blaming Kenny Albert. I started lashing out at him on Twitter. I was like, this is all your fault. I, I will say I'm weirdly superstitious about Breen and Clyde announcing together. I hate when they're torn apart. I don't like it. I want to keep my family together. Um, I began cackling at one point, thinking about how the Thunder somehow lost to this team. So that was, you know, a, a bright spot of this uh, alternate dimension I entered. Then I kind of like regained consciousness just in time to hear Kenny Albert announce that Jarrett Jack was the first Nick to reach double figures, hitting the 10-point mark with about 55 seconds left in the first half. So the Knicks went down 42-60 to at the half after this atrocious second quarter. And you can see they just didn't have any interest in competing after that. I'm not going to give them shit because on the season they've done a great job. Uh, I think this can happen. Um, I, I, I wonder how it happens though. Like I wonder if like they start doing these kind of like internal calculations... And they're like, beep, boop, doop, beep, boop, boop, boop. well, if this guy can't shoot, and this guy doesn't have it tonight, I'm not going to give it my all because there's no way we're going to lose. What? I'm going to kill myself so we only lose by 15 to the Hornets? Like, I think that kind of stuff starts coming into play in a long season. I don't know. I just don't know. All right, let's talk about thing three and our five on three. Three-ish things, five-ish minutes. The offense in general. I mean, we touched on it talking about the second quarter, but it was the offense that really blew it for the Knicks. Their defense was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. They gave up 105.9 points per 100 possessions, 
which was almost identical to their mark against Oklahoma City. That's using cleaning the glass, which factors out garbage time. There was quite a bit of garbage time in this one, but... I mean, they still they only gave up 109 points on the game. So 105.9 points per 100 possessions. That's 55th percentile in the league. Just about average. Fine. It's okay. Offensively, they only scored 91 points per 100 possessions, which is 8th percentile for all games played. Once again, 91 points per 100 possessions. That's only 8th percentile for all games played this season. A big part of that was their shooting, their non-existent shooting. 44.1 effective field goal percentage. That's 10th percentile for all games played. Part of that was poor shot selection. We've seen this over and over again. It really bit them in the ass in this one. 18% of their shots were threes. That's second percentile. they got to get some more threes than that, especially when their mid-range game is not doing anything for them. 54% of their shots in this game were mid-range shots. That's 98th percentile. Higher is worse in this year of our Lord, 2017, when efficiency is king. You don't want that many mid-range shots. I wouldn't say the Hornets were playing great D, but like that also was what they seemed to be consciously giving the Knicks. Like especially a large stretch of the first quarter, they were basically just daring Jared Jack to beat them in the mid range, and you know it largely worked. Another part of you know uh, their poor field goal percentage was just poor execution. It wasn't just the shot selection. They shot no threes, but they were only seventeen point six percent from three, which is first percentile. Of all games played this year. Just about as bad as it can get. They couldn't finish at the rim. They were like spooked by Charlotte. I don't know what it was. It almost seemed like Charlotte was the bigger team out there. That's certainly how the Knicks were playing. Um, But they only shot 54.5% at the rim, the Knicks. And that's 20th percentile. They actually did a good job getting out in transition in this one. They just couldn't finish in transition. Weird. like, And that was part of the botched layups. The being scared at the rim. 18% 18% of their offensive plays came in transition, and that's 74th percentile, and that's really good for the Knicks. They don't usually get out that frequently. However, they scored 0.563 points per transition play. Half a point per transition play, which is like almost impossible. You know, when the Knicks are playing well, they'll score a point and a half per transition play. So, you know, poor shooting which featured poor shot selection, worse execution. They didn't offensively rebound either, grabbing only 22.4% of offensive rebound opportunities, which is 36th percentile. Um, And for them, they're usually around the top of the league. And that, at least partially, that has to do with Cantor, who just doesn't look like himself lately, but especially in this one. And we learned that not only is he dealing with hip and back stuff, but now apparently he's got a sore neck from Andre uh, Robertson landing on him the other night against Oklahoma City. It's reported that he left that game in a neck brace. I don't mean to laugh, but, like, he's on crutches one day, like, a neck brace the next. He's, like, a cartoon version of someone trying to, like, scam someone else out of money with a fake injury in court sitting there with, like, their neck brace. But Ennis Cantor, feel better soon, bud. Man, we miss you. You guys are listening to Locked On Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. There's a podcast for every team in the NBA and the NFL. If you like the Knicks, you better like the Giants. It's a disaster over there. And if you want to make sense of it, you got to listen to Locked on Giants. All right, anything good happened in this game? We just did our five on three. Let's close out with a couple of positive vibes. There were a couple of good Frank drives. Not uh, Kaminsky, Frank Nilakina, our own Frank. He had his first dunk of his young NBA career. 
Uh, it was sort of feeble, but he touched the rim. He grabbed it. It was technically a dunk. And it came off of off-ball movement. Uh, he cut baseline and received a nice little pass from Ron Baker, showing nice chemistry there. He had a coast-to-coast layup to end the third that would be nice, except for it looked like the Hornets just didn't care, to be honest. They were like, whatever, we're up by 400 points, you can have this one. But then in the fourth quarter, he did have a steal and a nice, heavily contested transition layup. We've seen him get these steals and these transition layups and like just like get blocked or like sail them against the back of the iron. Uh, so it was nice to see him make that. I think he's going to start seeing these shots fall now through traffic. That's my wishful thinking anyway. And he had a nice little running floater in the lane in the fourth quarter. Overall, he was 4 for 7 from the field, 2 for 2 from the line. So an okay shooting night for Frank. Um, one other good thing, Nick's equipment manager, Mike Martinez, got a shout-out. He's one of these guys. He's like a classic, like, who's that guy? And you always see him on broadcast and... If you haven't watched every Knicks game of the past 15 years, you might not know who he is, but you learned who he was tonight. And it's good to see people like that, the little people, getting a shout-out. You know what I'm saying? He started as a ball boy for the Knicks, which prompted the uh, announcing highlight of the night for me when Clyde said, what an honor to be a Knicks ball boy. And it sounded like he meant it too, so that gave me a little uh, chuckle. To sum up... This doo-doo butter game. I want to give you guys a quote from Clyde. And he said, This is a game you don't lose sleep over. You know you're not this bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were so bad that Noah came in the game with six and a half minutes left. Billy came in after that. The two of them were soon joined by Ramon Sessions. You know, if that's not coming in a win, it's coming in a disaster. And the one thing about games like this, um, it was such a bummer. I'm like, I got a podcast about this bullshit. Um, I gotta watch this bullshit. And it feels like the biggest deal in the world while you're in it. Like, while you're, like, in that the eye of the storm. But it's really not a big deal with a little bit of distance. It was a stink bomb. For whatever reason, the Knicks quit. They don't quit in general. You know, they've been bad on the road. They're minus KP and Timmy. You throw this one out. You flush it down the, the drain. It's like, I've said this before. I, you know, rescued a dog a couple months ago, still learning the ins and outs of house training. And, like, if your dog drops, like, a huge steamer on the floor, or maybe takes a huge piss on your carpet, soaking the, you know, soaking it up, you're on your hands and knees cursing, you're like, oh, this is a disaster, this is the worst thing ever. But then you throw the steamer out, and a couple minutes later, you light a candle, you get rid of the smell of the steamer, and you're like, oh, that wasn't that big a deal. It was kind of funny, actually. Pooped on the floor. And you move on. So that's what this game was. Flush it down the toilet. On to the next one. The Knicks are fine. We've been saying this all year. They're a 500-ish team. They're going to look terrible sometimes, especially without their top guns. I'm not worried about it. I know they got a lot of games on the road coming up, but let's just play out the string, okay? Just forget about this one for now. That's it for us. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a second. Follow us on Twitter, LockedOnKnicks. You can follow me personally, NBA Injury Report. The E in Report is a three on that one. Be chill to each other, guys, and tune in tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Knicks. Peace.